0: There are no there right are to passage, no passage, passage, passage,
1: passage
0: for manhood, manhood, manhood in, our in our community.
1: And I want my dad to hear understand it. Prior to this, I had never looked my dad or any man in the eyes and told him nothing, said anything. Man, Leonard, I looked him in the eyes. I broke formation looking straight ahead and I looked him in the eyes and I said, Drill, I said, I fell out of bed. Drill side turned back around, and that drill side looked at me. he's like he, he laughed. He said, "Hi, Floyd. I'm gonna leave you alone. I got it." You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle show I'm Nacho Black from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family. You're my family. It's time for us to wake up and come. Just as a queen needs to have a king to have any claim to sovereignty, the king needs to have a queen to keep being a king.
0: Now, my (laughs) thing to you would be, who's telling you that you can't? It's not the sisters. It's you. Are you ready to grow you into the individual? That you desire to become. You are now part of our family.
1: And our family is not based on color. Our family is based on spirit, Spirit, truth, wisdom, and understanding. All right. Welcome back to the podcast in Louisville, Kentucky. The conversation dot family. Host by your uncle, me, Sean, and co host by. Dad Daniels, I just want to thank you all. If you show back up to this show, Now, if you just getting here, I'm a new author. Title my book. I'm not your black America. I dropped it 2023. Uh, I come from. I came from an original dysfunctional family, but in that dysfunction. I've learned how to find myself, and the book really helped me to come to a better understanding of who I am. The book actually served as a little therapy for me, and I, I, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to go. But what, what happened, though, it helped me to appreciate family. And what I came to realize that inside my book, I talked about kings and queens. I had the opportunity to discover that I'm a king and a dominant. European culture, that already had set the game up like chess. The dominant European culture were already the kings and queens. We didn't come into the game and learning how to play this game until really to keep it 100, until after 1865 and really to keep it all all the way 100, not until actually after the civil rights movement that our men were able to really start being able to develop and evolve. And that's where my dad, you know, really uh, played a role in that because the idea that it wasn't until after the civil rights movement and really after Martin Luther King, you know, helped this country to really, you know, start treating us properly that our men didn't have to worry about being lynched. Our men didn't have to worry about their wives being taken from their home. Uh, Our men could really start really understanding that they had a response. But the damage, though, to our men, were already done. So we really couldn't really start working on that until maybe 20 or 30 years later. And I truly believe that now in the 21st century, we are getting to a point that our men, specifically our men, I want you to understand, family, that if the men, culturally, my men, my brothers, that look like me, are just now learning how to be free and learning how to teach and educate their wives and their children, how to protect themselves from their predator. You know, we all, you know, you do realize that every created creature has a natural predator. Somebody, something is going to prevent you. We all have to evolve in learning how to protect ourselves, how to defend ourselves. And you think about it. our men. This is our men, our men, husbands, fathers, and uncles, all of you listening. And this conversation is really, I want the dominant European culture to understand this as well, is that our men are just now really learning how to be men and be comfortable in being an American. And so uh, this show is uh, part two of the first show. Uh, my dad is not going to be here. Uh, my dad had to uh, go to a, go to Miami. Uh, I want to say hello, Dad. Hey, uh, uh, I can't wait till you get back. I got a special guest, uh, a brother, ex-military, Leonard Walker. He's gonna come on and be my guest and co-host this show with me and everything. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, I think my producer got a little something he want to read. The the it's kind of tie-in to the show. So welcome to the show. Uh, this is the first time you've been on uh the conversation dot family welcome to the show man how you doing?
0: Oh I'm doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, so where you call where you calling from, man?
0: Uh, I'm calling from Greensboro, North Carolina.
1: Tell folks who not don't know much about you. Tell tell folks a little bit about you, man.
0: I'm retired. I was uh, for more than twenty years worked in logistics. I am former military. I'm a Desert Storm veteran. Combat veteran, so that's, that's <laughs> I guess, as much as I need to say about me.
1: Uh, you're married. How long have you been married?
0: I've been married, we're getting ready to go on 22 years here in September.
1: Uh, how many kids you got, man?
0: I got one son. He's a truck driver.
1: He's a truck driver. So
0: hey, he'll so be, uh, he'll, be uh, 30, he'll be 30 next month. Next month. So, uh,
1: how long have you and I been knowing one another, Mike?
0: I'ma say since about 2015.
1: So, our beginnings started where I was, uh, you know, I was on Facebook, you know, saying what I was saying and everything. And uh, you peaked uh, some things that I was saying, and uh, you wanted to have a conversation.
0: Well, to, to start out with, uh, it was all about. You promoting this book called America's Little Black Book and the concept of uh, American, of descendants of American slaves, right? And I had never heard of that before, and I was in a different space, so that sort of thing I didn't quite understand. But you were so dogmatic about it, <laughs> you wouldn't let it go because, because like I said, I was explaining a bunch of different things, but you wouldn't let it go. So you called me to look into it and I had to, you know, do further investigation and I agreed that that's who we are. We we have to think about a a chain. Okay? A chain is only strong as its previous link. So we can't skip links, right? And skip back to Africa, skip back to wherever, all right, without acknowledging our ancestors and the sacrifices and struggles of our ancestors here in America that were slaves. So until we get that portion correct and right, then we can start looking at further down the road beyond. But we got to get the part right where we are honoring our American slave ancestors. So all of that came about because of our friendship and because of, of what we had learned in the process of my growth when it comes to to learning about who we are, our identity, and how it's linked to this nation, so, so that that's that's kind of how we. And then, like I said, is our friendship grew from there. We marked we uh, did a we marched on uh, uh, uh Frankfurt, Kentucky, where we did a historic event where we did the first ever American slave march. Did a bunch of different things. These so, so,
1: yeah, let me yeah, yeah. You uh you uh I like how you said that uh I was dogmatic. Yeah. You know, I like I, I like to say that I'm quite uh astute. You know, when I when I when I grab a hold of something I don't let it go. I'm like a dog on a bone and everything. I'm one of those brothers that if I call you friend, we friend and nobody else could break that would you say that's uh that's my character, that you know, that's who I am. I I'm it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're a loyal friend, and one of the things that, that 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 I guess makes things confusing is it's no secret that sometimes you have a hard time communicating what it is you're passionate about. And right. So, so, so what has to happen is when you see somebody, and this is a learning process for me and for a lot of people, is when you see somebody so hell and, and dogmatic on a certain subject you know maybe you want to say what is it about this thing that he's talking about or you know maybe he's just not expressing it correctly maybe there's more to it all right and a lot of people can't express themselves correctly as well or in a way that everybody understands sometimes you know it takes further research so like i say it is with you when it came to this American slave concept, you were you were just you were just sold out and all in, and I could not understand why. Right. I was like I was like, what is this? But the thing is, is the thing is, is you had that passion. like I said, yeah. plus you had your passion. Plus it was the, the military thing. We had a, we had right. a lot of commonality there with, with you being retired military. I was not retired military, but I served. And then I was a, a combat veteran.
1: You know, so one of the things that all military guys is the first thing we do, bro. We always, and, and when you meet someone on basic training, I mean, you meet someone in the military, what are you the first you want to know? Where you went? Where you went to basic training at? But, but, am I right? I mean, that's kind of the first thing. You know, where, 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 you, where you got your, your knocks at, right? I mean, right, Leonard? I mean, that's kind of a, the first thing. Then the next thing is your AIT. What's your skill? You know, what what's your trade? You know, what you do? And what's the next thing, Leonard? Uh, where you been, man? You know who you, where you traveled, and everything. And then what's the next thing we do? We clown and talk about our experiences. Am I right? I mean, I mean, you know, those are the those are the nuggets of uh of of the brotherhood of the camaraderie of the fraternity, or what I call the beginnings of how we jail. Would you agree to that, Leonard?
0: I would agree, yeah. Cause that's that's something, like I said, is, is we've had many discussions. You served at Fort Campbell, I served at Fort Campbell. You knew about some of the clubs, that I knew about uh, some of the places that I've been. So, that right there, forming that bond of, of, of commonality, right, is important to establish the friendship and establish, you know, a relationship going forward.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and so I want to really in uh, last week's show uh, to this show because uh, I, I I mentioned about kings and queens you know and uh, I'm glad that we just covered that part because one of the things in trying to identify those commonalities and who we are is that we each develop our kingdomship you you see what I say you have a certain level you have a certain level of kingdomship how you roll and I establish a certain amount of kingdomship, how I roll, and everything, and you can tie that into the game of chess. Uh, Bottom line is we learned how to navigate in an environment that allowed us to uh, achieve a certain level of what? Uh, Confidence, or as I like to say, uh, we were not a liability, but an asset uh, to the United States military, and not just that, because of what we learned. Pretty much everywhere we went, so we become alpha men, understanding that kingdom rose. Would you agree that you are king in your house, right, Leonard? I mean,
0: I am the king.
1: You are the king, right? And no doubt about it, right?
0: Right. Uh, there's no doubt. I am the king, and my wife is the queen.
1: And your wife is the queen, and uh, and I too am the king at my house. Okay. Uh, and my wife is my queen. But would you agree that the military kind of helped us appreciate that? Because I, 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 I don't believe, because I've talked to a lot of brothers outside who have not served in the military or who really didn't navigate very well in the military, but specifically those uh, that have never served in the military. Would you agree that serving the military kind of helped solidify the king and queen? the chess game a little bit better. Oh, what do you say to that? You know, would you agree that that military training and everything help us understand the the setup of why you can easily say to any other man, I mean, who it is. I'm the king.
0: Well, we well, we have to realize about the military and when it comes to our people. Brothers, brothers, it looks like me and you is that there are no rites of passage for manhood in our community. Okay, I mean, they're very, I, I take that back. There are very few rites of passage because my father, who was in my life, established certain rites of passage. But there's nothing that prepares you for manhood and the responsibilities and rigors of manhood like the military. I mean, if, if you go from, you know, from just not knowing anything being responsible, for being uh, self-reliant, self-sufficient, for being uh, determined, okay, for, for, for being mission-oriented, for, you know, getting the job done. That So these are things, these are character traits that men have, right? You know, no excuses, that sort of thing. So the military sets you up to be the best that you could possibly be as a man, all right? And being the best you could be as a man sets you up to be the best that you could be as a husband and a father, okay? Mm. So, so so these things, you know, stack on top of each other, right? And is the military the only place that you can do that? No, no, it's not, and it's not for everybody. But for those of us who was four who, whose warrior spirit burns brightly, because that's what that's about, is the warrior spirit. Right. The warriors, the it ain't no. It ain't no. It's a
1: warrior spirit. Right.
0: Exactly. Right. 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 When your warrior spirit burns brightly and has to be quenched. Right. Right. And there's nothing to quench it. There are no rites of passage. There are no. You have to go somewhere to quench it. So that's what many of us, you know, many of us went to the military to quench that warrior spirit within us. So, so like I said, though to be part of something greater than we are. There's a lot of other, you know, organizations that you could do, but the military, right, is, is one of the oldest and one of the first ones to come to mind when it comes to being a part of an organization, being part of a movement that's greater than yourself. And so, I mean, what you get out of that is is is, is it's, you get so many different qualities. This is why when you go out in the civilian world, When people see, oh, he's a veteran, he's military, you get hired a whole lot easier because you already have the characteristics that it takes to be a team player, to be mission-oriented, to to know how to endure hard times and struggles and all of this kind of stuff. That translates also into a family life as well, is when crisis arrives, you're the one with the calm and cool head. You're the one that's given the direction. You're the one that's given the leadership. You're the one that's taking all of the risk, right? And making things happen. See this is what the military does for for men for for, for me, even if even if some men that don't make it in the military and 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 for whatever reason get separated early, that exposure still puts you right. on a path and a track of manhood and development of manhood and womanhood too, for a certain extent. But definitely manhood, all right, puts you on that track to, to being the type of husband and father and man that you should be.
1: Hey, Leonard, and Leonard, you hit it right on the nose. And let's say, like myself, you know, you, you did, how many years did you do in the military?
0: You did eight years.
1: You did eight years, okay. Now, like someone like myself, who who is a retired military person who reached certain levels of Non-commissioned officers, you know, and there's two styles of leadership in the military. You have what we call the non commissioned you have the commission. Okay, the commissions of the officers. I never, I never wanted to become an officer, is because I saw such good non commissioned officers when I went in in 1978. That and and to keep it 100, you know, and this was where, where I want to speak to my father and all those people born. Before 1960, I went in, you heard me tell this, I went in a period of time in 1978 where brothers who were older than me, born before 1961, were older than me, okay, were already in the military, and they were escaping to go to jail to come in the military, and the organization that was a part of was Black Panthers. My whole specifically my specifically, uh, Leonard, my whole platoon was predominantly Black Panther older men, young older boys, older than me, okay, already had a family had things going on, but because of the 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 country at the time and you do key do research, you know, you you heard the fact that the our government forced the Black Panthers to disband. What's your knowledge of that, Leonard?
0: Was, the government definitely played a role, COINTELPRO and in all sorts of things. I mean, Ronald Reagan, when he was the governor of California, when he was the governor of California, played a huge role in disbanding the Black Panthers in California. So you had a lot of uh, infiltrators that came yeah. in and, and, and bastardized the the, the movement and the, the organization. Even in that little amount of time, they did so much work.
1: And it did so much good, and 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 the good that I discovered, I didn't, and you know what, Leonard, I didn't know that the knowledge they were sharing with me was going to be knowledge that now that I can see the value of it now. You know, they literally said to me, you know, for those who don't understand, first of all, I must say they gave me a blanket party first, okay? And, Leonard, I don't want to explain what a blanket party is, Tell the listeners what a blanket party is. I want them to, they don't hear from me. But Uncle Mishaw received first a blanket party. So tell people what this blanket party is, Litter.
0: A blanket party is what you call group corrective action. When, when you have one person who can't quite get it, it needs a little bit extra motivation to, to, to get it then they may be subject to a blanket party.
1: Yes, I received the blanket party and I got my can I say it? I got my ass whipped. So yeah, this is a this is a podcast. Like I guess I can say it. That uh the next morning when the drill sergeant saw me, I uh I uh was standing there, the drill sergeant with that brim. See these certain things, you know, we talk about a boy you're coming in. I was eighteen years old you know i was and if you read my book you can understand i I was coming from a you know dysfunctional family you know my dad you know as y'all dad daniels dad Daniels wasn't handling his business the way he needed to handle mom was all over mom was mom was more sergeant than dad was sergeant and and so I wasn't used to you know being in the presence of you know, these alpha male men. Who saw some? You know, they saw some weakness in me. You know, I, I just went. I was a little. I was a little, I was a little soft, real soft. Okay, and 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 the sergeant, sergeant set me up, and, and here I was standing in front of him, and now he gonna ask me this question, Leonard. You know, know your beginning. You know, the development of the development of being a king. Okay, he gonna ask me. Last name was Floyd. Floyd. Floyd Floyd. What happened to you? And I said, I fell out of bed. first. I fell out of bed. I fell out of bed. Leonard, why did I tell him that, Leonard?
0: You told him that because you didn't want to be, well, I guess you could call it snitch culture. But you told him that because, uh, one, you have to take responsibility. You want to be in good with those guys because it was something they were trying to teach you, it was something they were trying to tell you, and that's why they whooped. They 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 sometimes, hey hey sometimes you got to get that ass whooped to get the message Right. And and the only one, the only one, an
1: ass whooping needs to be done in the home, right? And right who normally right, gives, right. who normally gives it to you? Your dad, right? If you if you got a good dad, right? If you got a good dad. If, you, if your dad tear it up, real good, when you're young, that the dad got any more problems with you later? Oh no, nah, I mean, I mean if, if the dad do it real good, you know anybody know about a good just you got a good whipping, you know good whipping,
0: one of good whipping, yeah, one of them life changing assholes. <laughs> Where, where where Once you once you whip that ass, you get back on the right track. You, you, you have to get back on the right track. So that's what that blanket party, that blanket party, sets you on the right track. But, but part of part of part of it was, you know, is is whether you knew it or not. It was a test, right? Drill sergeants have given, and some of them have had blanket parties, right? Exactly. Right. So so when he asked you what happened, okay, he was testing. Are you going to yes. rat these guys out? Right. Because if you rat them out, I'm going to have to punish them. But you, the concept was, was Yeah, was but the concept Yeah, yeah. What's mm. worse is you'll never build a bond with those guys. There you go. Exactly. You'll never build a bond with them because, cause like I said, remember we talked about the power of words. So, so you'll never build a bond with those guys, and you'll never uh, you'll you'll never be able to 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 to, to, to be one of the fellows. And that's what the military is all about, camaraderie. You'll never be part of that tribe.
1: So the Drill it. asked me three times, Leonard. First mm-hmm. time, I told him I fell out of bed. Second time, I told him I fell out of bed. Third time he asked me Proud Floyd, look at you. You mean you fell out of bed. But you mean you fell out of bed. I want everybody, all my listeners to understand. I was assaulted, okay? It was quite obvious you could look at me and tell. I was assaulted, okay? There was no doubt. I want you also, all my listeners to understand. The whole platoon was there seeing this all go down. We were all in formation. I was in the middle of a formation, and the drill sergeant was inquiring about what happened to me. So they all saw this going down. And the third time, and I want everybody to—I'm gonna pause so you, you can hear me when I say this—I saw a smirk on his face, Leonard, like a little, like a little smile. And I said, I want to say this it since it's a party. I recognize you. Fucking with me, all right? I'm it yeah. one hundred. He was fucking with me, all right. So I looked. This is the first time, and I want my dad to hearly understand it. Prior to this, I had never looked my dad or any man in the eyes and told him nothing, said anything. Nothing. I want you to understand. I had prior to what I was about to do with my drill, son. I had never looked my dad in the eyes. I had never looked no really no adult in the eyes. And I will say what led to me going to the military was probably the first time I spoke up to my mother and everything. And then I realized because I was drunk and everything, but you got to look at my – as another story. But for this sake, I had never prior to this looked another man in the eyes. Man, literally, I looked him in the eyes. I broke formation looking straight ahead, and I looked him in the eyes. And I said, drill sergeant, I said, I fell out of bed, drill sergeant, turned back around, and that drill sergeant looked at me, he like he, he laughed, he said, Proc Floyd, I'm going to leave you alone. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it. It's all good. He went back to the middle of the formation, said some words and everything, and uh, uh, broke the formation. And dude, the whole platoon came around me, man. And uh, you know, Leonard, as you get ready to leave, I want you to know, brother, uh, that's how your friendship reminds me. You remind me of the brothers that came around me when you didn't dog me. You didn't come at me. You took the time to want to learn my dogmatic attitude. You you realized there was something about that that sure I needed to learn. And you took the time. Uh, the, 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 discover who I was Well those brothers took the time Once they saw me You know go through and I didn't Rat them out and what I Will say to you and this for any listeners As um, we gonna close Out here and you know get ready For the second portion of this conversation As Leonard and Leonard you get to close out And leave some words on this Here as you get ready to leave but I want people To understand there are Some things you got to go through get you right mine was in the military that put me on the path not being a black man but being a man and i owe the military a lot anybody who talked to me always say i consider the military to be my artificial dad that i didn't have initially and that basic train leonard was the best best basic training basic training. I had because I didn't, those guys helped me do push-ups. I mean, I was I was weighing 100 pounds, a little weekly. I learned how to do push-ups. I mean, I did everything. I learned how to get him through the task, everything. I didn't have to worry about nothing. Those guys, it turned out, Leonard, our platoon was the number one platoon. You know how they do it, basic training do.
0: Right, right. So
1: it turned out that that drill sergeant set us up, and we turned out to be the number one platoon out of all the platoons that was going through basic training, and it's all because we get my ass (laughs) whipped. I appreciate you being here. I know we didn't really cover everything. There's going to be a part three and everything. So what you want to leave, people, as you leave, and as we talk about the beginnings,
0: I'm just going to say this simply. <clears throat> Life will kick your ass. Life will kick your ass, plain and simple, all right? You will run into hardship. You'll have, you have to get corrected sometimes. You'll have to, 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 to get put on the right path. Don't get discouraged. Because all of these things that happen, happens for a reason. And it happens because you may not be on the right path, okay? When you're on the wrong path, life is extra hard. When you're on the right path, things come at you and you're able to deal with them a whole lot better. See, so, so like I said, is it, 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 it in life, all right, adversity makes us stronger, right? When we get our ass kicked and we come back and we have a choice to make, am I just going to waddle? In my pain and give up, or am I going to just take this ass looking and say, you know what, I'm taking it, but it's not going to stop me from doing the things that I need to do? What is the message? What is the lesson behind all this? What is it that I need to know behind this particular situation that has happened in my life? Okay, this adversity. Adversity is supposed to make you better. You know, if you get, you know they say it's a it's a, it's a hard life. It's a good life if you can take it, right? Is if you can manage to, to, to make it through all of the hard times. The hard times make you better. So in development of manhood, okay, there is going to be adversity, there's gonna be strikes. Your body, your mind, your spirit is gonna get tested. Your emotions are gonna get tested, all right? But if you make it through and you learn the lesson, okay you'll be fine. You'll be more than fine. You'll be on the path, not just of survival, but the path of prosperity. Because these life lessons are designed to, not just to help you survive, but to help you prosper. Okay? And that's where we want to be is not just survival, but thriving and prospering out of this life. And that's-
1: And I want to just make sure that I just tap off with Leonard. Leonard said Sometimes you gotta take an ass whipping so you can learn how to survive. But once you take the ass whipping, it's more than just survival. You learn how to prosper. Okay. And that's the difference. And we're gonna talk about that in part three, Leonard. We're gonna come back because one of the things that you talked about Negroes, blacks, and African Americans, and all those who were taking on all those titles, those born before nineteen sixty, and everybody had it. We've always been in the survival mode, but immigrants that comes to America, they come in prosperity mode. They come here seeking America in prosperity, but culturally, we have always been in this survival mode. Survival mode is not prosperity, and that's going to be part three, Leonard, where we got to learn how to get out of the survival mode, okay? And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not in survival mode. I'm in prosperity. I'm about trying to get my inheritance, and I want to thank Leonard for hanging out. You know, Leonard, can I have you back for part three? Can you come back?
0: I can come back.
1: All right. We're going to do part. Yes, sir. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for hanging out with uh, Uncle Misha. Hey, Dad. Uh, Hey, this was a special. uh, Enjoy yourself in Miami. Can't wait till you come back. You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Mishon, I'm Nacho Black from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family. It's time for us to wake up.